0: what's going on everybody this is black men sundays i'm your host corey sylvester murray and we're talking about generational wealth we're talking about finance and of course we're talking about business and let's remember guys this is august we it's celebrating the black sisters all of august so all sundays in august we're gonna have some sisters they're gonna give us some generational wealth tips finance and business
1: it's a black man sunday
0: Before we introduce today's guest, my man Eric from Hunts, Vegas. Who do we have for our Black Men Sunday spotlight, my brother?
2: Thanks for the introduction, Corey. Um, today's spotlight, we gonna spotlight a brother who we all know, but in case you don't, I'm gonna remind you, his name is Little Romeo. Now, Lil' Romeo, who's better known as his father, uh, goes by his name of Master P. Now, with him, this is the thing I wanted to recognize about him, he befriended a brother by the name of Richard Patterson, and Mr. Patterson is a man who has a super IQ. And the thing about him, special about this guy, he revolutionized the automotive world. Basically, uh, basically, he's designed the first black electric car company. And the way Ro- Romeo is affiliated with this guy, he he befriended this guy because he met this guy, and he his IQ was off the chain. And he dressed and talked just like he did. So that's what helped him kind of befriend this guy. So this guy's come up with a concept. And he has four automotive engineers in the world. He used to work with Tesla. And basically, Richard Patterson is a genius. And he basically got his own electric car company. Now, after studying a little bit more about his vision and creations, Little Roman realized that they were... Um, on the same level, as far as journey, so if want to be successful. So this is my shout out to little Romeo and Richard Patterson. He's the first black engineer He used to work for Tesla, who has his own electric car company. And the thing about the special thing about this is that not only he's he's doing electric cars, he's also looking at doing solar panel cars so that instead of having to plug your car into a socket, it can actually run off of electricity. so, this is a guy we need to look out for. Keep him in mind. His name is Richard Patterson. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what the name of the company is just yet, but he's affiliated with Little Romeo. So they both are partnering together and to make a difference in the world of technology. That's on Spotlight today. Uh, Little Romeo and Richard Patterson. Corey, back to you. Thank you,
0: Eric, for that Black Man Sunday spotlight. You know, you're coming from Alabama a and I went to Florida A&M. And today's guest is alumni of Florida A&M University with a Bachelor of Science in Fine Arts. She's a 30-year retired Orlando Police Department detective. This sister's a commercial actress. She played on films like True Love Blooms and Blood. She's also the Ways and Means Chair of the Democratic Women's Club of West Orange County. She's also a retired bodybuilder and was ranked fifth in the world. Without further ado, Audrey Harris-White. Welcome to Black Men's Sunday, sister. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction.
0: Thank, thank you very much. And let's go on and get started. You know, our show is about generational wealth, finance, and business. And, you know, with you, you're someone that has a high credit score. A lot of us in life, we're trying to achieve that. You know, we have credit card debt, we have bills. So what tips can you give us that we can use to Get a higher credit score.
1: Well, the first thing you need to do. My first advice to anyone who asks me that is, you freeze your, um, freeze your, you know, your factor score. You have to freeze your account. That prevents um, you know, identity thieves from getting access to your credit. Like, and you have to check your credit score often. I just recently created. I made it into the 800s. so I'm really happy. I'm trying to make it to the top of the 800s. So that was one of my goals. And you can do that, as I said, you freeze your credit score and you check it, make sure there are any errors to eliminate those errors. And you have to keep your um, your credit, your debt, even though you may have a lot of um, uh, credit available to you. Of course, you keep it down to the minimum, you try to keep it under 30 to 20%. And when you do that, pay your bills on time, your credit score will go up. You don't, if you've got credit cards, because I was one of those people when I was young that I thought having a lot of credit cards, you know, was a good thing. No, it was not. (laughs) There was, when I was in my twenties, I think I had about 12 credit cards. And of course, the result of that was I was spending more than I was making. And at the end of the month, I was in a deficit as far as um, cash available. And I picked up a book and at because back then when I was in my 20s, there was no internet, so no, no cell phones. So I ha- I purchased a book from, uh, I think it's by Charles Schwab on managing your money, becoming an investing. And I learned the first thing you do is pay yourself first. And when I say pay yourself first, that doesn't mean spend. That means to save that when you get your, your check, um, you are your income. You take 10% to 20%. And put that to the side, just like it's a bill, and you let that accumulate. And um, if you, when you get, say, a thousand dollars or so now, you can get uh, shares of stocks for twenty-five dollars. You start investing that money to watch it grow. You know, you uh, without even thinking, that money comes right off the top from your check. You take a portion of that. You invest it and you grow your wealth, and you also grow your credits, your credit score. And when you have a good credit score, you have power.
0: Definitely. Now, for the brothers and sisters, and I'm included, I'm not going to act like I'm innocent because I'm hosting the show. You know, if we have multiple cards, and we're pretty much close to the limit on all of them, and then, you know, we get our income tax, which is a nice sum of money, which credit card do we pay first? Do we pay the card with the lowest um limit, or do we pay the card that's gonna, you know, charge us the most debt at the end of the month? What's your theory on that?
1: Okay, if you have multiple cars and they're not paid off, the one with the lowest payment is the one you pay first. and let's say you're paying four hundred dollars a month. you pay that four hundred dollars, you get that card paid off, you take that four hundred, you don't just put it back in the account. You take that four hundred and put it towards the next payment for the other card. and you pay that off quickly. And when you paid off that second car, you take those funds and you pay off the third car. So the premise is that each car you are paid out faster. And of course, when um, those funds you've paid all the cars off, and then you can start, you know, putting it back in your account, putting it towards an investment, putting it towards savings. But it's uh, start with the one that's easiest to pay off the fastest. Get those accounts paid off. If you've got a six-year loan. Pay it, try to pay it off in four. The faster you pay it off and that also helps your credit score.
0: Oh, great information. Let's transition a little bit, you know, because a lot of times we, when we file taxes, certain exemptions we miss out on, you know, because we don't know. We just do our house, our job, but we leave off a lot of good write-offs. So what write-off tips would you like to share with the brothers and sisters of Black Men Sunday?
1: First of all, when you get that re- tax return, that's your money. It's not free money or bonus money. That's the money that when you work, you're given to the government. And if you overpay, of course they give it back. What you want to do is try to get down to a zero tax rate where you're not, you don't pay anything, you don't get anything back because and you retain your money. One of the things I've always done is I've always had a side hustle, you know, an extra job that I do in my home, which makes my home a tax write-off. I can write off a portion of my mortgage, a portion of my lights, my cell phone. If you do something that um, you have to bring people into your home, then you can write off your landscaping, the bill for the water where you're, you know, because your home is what you're using to attract clients. Whatever you do for the home, if you have a cleaner, uh, a person that comes in and cleans, that can be written off too, because you're using that for the purpose of making your home presentable, to your clients as they come in um when i was uh, like i said i always had a side hustle. i've done my artwork because i have an art degree um where i did portraits um the bodybuilding where i had my workout equipment in the home i've done um, the mary Kay when i was a beauty consultant and i was something like when i was doing the beauty consultant, i actually wrote me off my hair my nails my shoes my clothes because i was a walking advertisement for what i was doing i'm selling beauty and skincare. So when someone sees me and they say, Oh, I love your shoes. My shoes actually attracted them to me. And then I can present my, with the product that I'm selling. I have a certified uh, uh, accountant and he actually thought that's just, he cause he tried to say, no, no, you can't. And when I told him that, that very day, as I'm walking through the mall, a woman comes up. she said, Oh, I love your shoes. And then I started to talk to her about my product. And it's like, you know what? You're right. And I could write off my shoes, my nails, my hair, the cleaning lady, the, the guy who cuts the yard, all of that. And his fee. I wrote, wrote right off his fee, my accountant's fee also.
0: Oh, wow. That's great information. I didn't know you could write the lawn, man. I'm what? I'm missing money out. <laughs> I've been paying that guy for a good five, six years, at least 100 every month. So we can write that
1: off too. Okay. If you're yeah. attracting people to your home.
0: You absolutely can't. Definitely. And let's transition a little bit. You know, we talk about generational wealth. Um, you know, a big deal nowadays, I'm seeing a lot of brothers and sisters really buying property, buying land. I'm seeing celebrities buying, giving their children or family members money and buying them properties as well. So let's talk about that because, I mean, you know, you're from a family that where you guys inherited some land as well. Am I correct?
1: Kind yeah, of a horror story. <laughs> um no, uh, because my, when my my parents, you know, they grew up when it was segregated and all that. But my both both of my parents come from very large families, and unfortunately, they did have a lot of land. But because their parents put everyone's name on the land, it became a nightmare. And uh, um, what I would advise if someone's using real estate or property to pass down, decide who gets what because that can create a, a huge nightmare in a family. They can argue, it causes fights. The uh, property may get lost because of taxes and that sort of thing. It's because once, um, you know, we're all family, love each other, but money can cause lots of headaches, especially if you don't decide who gets what exactly. If you put everybody's name and expect everybody to do kumbaya, once that person's dead, that, chances are, are not gonna happen. It's unique. If it does happen, that's great. But I would advise people to decide, get a first of all, get a will, and decide who gets what, so there's no argument. And um, uh, like I said, my my parents they, they have some property, but they've done exactly that. They put everybody's name on it, so not a good idea.
0: Great information. No, because you know we talk to a lot of brothers and sisters that you know are creating generational wealth, but we don't think of that. You know, we're thinking of, okay, we're stacking the money up, we're buying the properties, we're doing A, B, and C from all the professionals that we hire that tell us to do it, but we're not thinking about the conflicts that can happen. So what would you say, though, if, you know, a brother has four kids and and he wants to pass down his property, like, what advice would you give? Like, how, how should he divvy his properties amongst his children? Well,
1: I mean, if you, if you have multiple properties, then you give each child a share. If you have, say, one person, my son is lucky. He's the only child, so he's going to get everything. He doesn't have to worry about submitting anything. (laughs) But if you have, you've got to have an executor and you want to pick the person who you know will be the fairest. Write your instructions down exactly what you want to do and who you want to have what. Uh, If you want the property sold and divided up among the, the children, do that. If you um, want the home to be, remain there, if you want to have it passed down through from generation to generation, you have to develop a trust where those instructions are written out and very plain and clear. And um, you know, you may have some legal challenges about that, but you at least give this, you write down what you want to happen rather than hoping that everyone will behave properly because that, <laughs> it doesn't always end up that way
0: no great and great information i I appreciate i appreciate the, the truthfulness from you um let's talk a little bit as well because a lot of brothers and sisters have these great ideas they invent products but they don't get patents so let's talk about the importance why should we get our you know whatever we invent why should we get a patent for it because you know, a lot of people say, you know, it's going to take a lot of time. It's a lot of online PDFs. I don't really understand half of it. You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to put my stuff out there, and I'm just going to get money. But what's the importance of patents?
1: It's very important to get a patent if you come up with an idea, because then you have um, you have a guarantee that the idea that you have is yours, and if someone tries to impede on that idea then they they are legally responsible for impeding on your patent. I've just been granted a patent for an idea that I came up with, and uh, I had this idea for some time. But as you say, when they say, you can do it online, yes. And I have had a, a, a relative who did attempt to do that, but it's very detailed. I would say to a person that if you have an idea and you think that idea is a fresh new idea, invest in an attorney, a patent attorney. It's not gonna really, if you're gonna save more money by doing that versus the money you would lose if you do it wrong, you put in, because you have to pay, you know, to get it even looked at. And if it's wrong or you miss a step, then you're gonna have to start over. They're gonna reject it, you're gonna have to start over. It would be smarter to get a patent attorney and for my patent, um, from start to finish, I think it's uh, three years, two it was two two and a half years before I was granted the patent. And I paid less than less than twenty five hundred dollars to get the application to file the fees, to do all of that to get my patent. So it's gonna you're gonna save money in the long run by doing it the right way with an attorney versus trying to do it yourself and getting a headache and stress. And maybe getting it wrong and having it rejected because you missed something. I don't
0: want to talk about retirement a little bit, because as I said in the intro, you know, you're an Orlando police officer from the Orlando Police Department. That's Orlando, Florida, for the brothers. That's not in Florida. Um, for 30 years, you're retired. You know, I'm saying now they're saying the retired age is going to go from 65 to 70. So for the you know, my mom's my mom is 65 now. She's going to kill me for saying this on the show. But my mom is 65 and she's about to retire. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of starting to feel like, okay, I want—do I have enough money to retire? So I kind of want to go to the beginning of retirement for the people okay. that are, you know, transitioning in the job market. They're not quite retirement age yet, but when you're looking at a job that employs you, you have to employ the job as well. When you're looking for a job, what should you look for outside of the salary to make sure that you're setting yourself up for a good retirement?
1: Well, when I became a police detective, I, I ended my career as a detective with the police department. And when I started it, it was doing Reaganomics, right? And when um, they just had um, affirmative action. So they were looking for women, they were looking for minorities to come into the police department. I started in 1980. That's when they were still calling you the N-word to your face and having no problems with it. So, I, you know, that was when very few women were in law enforcement, and uh, it's about the benefits, the retirement package, you know, the sick leave and everything. And I, when I started in 1980, like I said, I was one of three Black women under the police department. And um, I left for a while, but then came back. And then, uh, and I came back in 1989 and the police department, and what I'm told is a lot of people don't, they don't have pensions you know, in the industry much anymore. So I was lucky enough to get in when there's a pension and what most police departments do have some sort of pension. And um, we had to invest in that pension, but we also had, it, it was called deferred comp when they allowed you to set aside kind of like the 401k, you put funds in there also. But um, you have to look at the benefits and the long, the big picture of being a part of, the, of an organization, regardless of where, what industry it is, it's in. At the police department, I was lucky enough to be able to retire at 55. You know, I would get 70, 80% of my salary. So when I did retire, I was, you know, relatively young. I'll be 60. I'm 69, I'll be 70 next year. So when I have my pension, but I also have, you know, the acting, but I also have the Social Security. A lot of people will, when they are talking about retiring at 72, that's what they want you to retire if you don't have to wait that long i started collecting my pension when i was like 63 started taking those funds because that's my money and putting them in a in an account in an investment account so why i thought why let the government keep my money and invest it give it to me and i'll invest it for myself so it's my money i take it and what most people uh, have the misconception is that you don't that those funds don't increase what they do because when they every year they send you out this form that tells you how much you will get the longer you wait you're going to get those funds anyway but they will be um you will get them there will be an increase until you top out at that amount say if you're going to get let's say you're getting five thousand dollars a month you start out getting eighteen hundred dollars a month it's going to graduate until it gets to five thousand And that may be when you're 67, I think it is right now, when it tops out. But I started collecting mine at 63 and started taking those funds and putting them in an investment account and letting that grow. I've been retired for about, what is 10, 12 years now? And uh, I take a part of my pension and I put it aside, like I said, pay myself first. So even though... You may be in an industry that may not have a retire- a pension. You have to think about the big picture of what you want your life to look like once you retire. I decided back when I was in my, my 30s, 20s and 30s that I wanted to be able to relax, do what I want, when I want, if I want. I didn't want to have to work because I had to. If I wanted to work because I want to, and that's, you know, what I do is acting and Those sorts of things where my retirement money goes into my fund. Of course, it takes care of my bills and all of that. But I've always said I'm like a little chipmunk. I take a pile here and a pile here and a pile here and a pile there. So I have multiple sources of income, multiple sources of savings. So if something stops over on the left, I, I have my safety net on the right. You always have multiple avenues of income, which is the smartest way to retire. And retire and make sure you don't outlive your income.
0: Yes, it's interesting you say that because you know I'm a news photo journalist and a lot of times we'll go to a lot of people's homes. A lot of sisters and brothers are retired, and you know they'll have their kids, their grandkids, and their kids and grandkids living in the house. And they'll tell us, "Listen, you know with the, the with the way the property insurance is going up." And with my kids living with me, I'm gonna have to go back to work. So that's where I want to transition into. You kind of jumped it a little bit when you talked about the acting, because the thing right. that I like about it is, you know, I wanted to ask you though, what's the importance of acting specifically? I want to start with like commercial acting.
1: Well, you just you just kind of threw me when you said the person with the grandkids and the kids living. Yeah, well, why are you going back to work? <laughs> You shouldn't have to go back to work if you have all these adults in your house. <laughs> but unless you just want to. But with the acting, <laughs> um, I started acting because I'm very creative. I have um this was something to just, you know, feed my creative side and uh and my creative juices. Cause like I told you, I have a degree in art. Um, I started taking an acting class with uh Trufa Acting Studios and I really enjoyed it, that the benefit behind getting or work in acting is you get residual income from it. You get a, you know, anytime a commercial or a television show that's SAG, you know, the Screen Actors Guild Union, you get funds from that. I'm not a member of the union, but I still get the residuals from the movies that I've done that are the commercials that I've done that are SAG projects. So that it's fun. And it's something I can do forever. I don't have to ever stop uh, being an actor if I I choose not to. So residual income, fun, and get my creative juices going.
0: Definitely. Now I want to go to the back end of the retirement question. I asked you the front end. I want to go to the back end. Like I said, my mom's retiring this year. She's always wanted to do commercials. She's always wanted to be an actress, but I remember one time I put the camera in her face and she froze up. I'm like, "You sure you ready for this life?" Cuz this will, I mean, he's this this only one camera. And I didn't even have any lights going on. But what's the importance of acting like for, you know, sisters and brothers that are gearing toward retirement, they're still looking good like yourself. How can a commercial cuz you said residual income. So is it like every time that commercial airs on TV, there a check comes?
1: Well, yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, like the I did. Um, David makes man, back in 2021. Yeah, it was right when the 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 yeah it was I think it was twenty twenty one, uh February twenty twenty one, and I had one line. But David makes man is a Screen Actors Guild um endorsed project, so every time someone plays uh the 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 episode I was in whether it pays in the United States or in, in Europe, I get a check, you know? It, it, and that, it comes like once a quarter. And like I said, I only have one line in that movie, in that show, but I still get paid every time it, it, it airs. So um, if a person wants to get into acting, the first thing I would advise them to do is to take a class. Because even though with commercial work, a lot of the time you're not speaking, you do need to know how to act professionally when you get in that environment, because if you don't, you won't, you probably won't, you'll get a bad name and nobody will ever hire you again. So you want to know how to act and what to do and what to, you know, as far as, like you said, the cameras, because you, when you're acting, you don't pay attention to the camera. The camera is just like another set of eyes that are there and you act naturally, but you're being recorded. I would tell people the first thing, if you're even interested in it, take a class and a class on commercial work and it teaches you how to behave, what to expect, what not to do. and it's it can be very fun because you know you spend a lot of time waiting when you're in front of the camera, but you're getting paid to wait. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, because in my business, they say, hurry up and wait, but I like to hurry up and wait because that means that check comes, but you know, definitely. <laughs> all right so definitely so let's let's transition one more time um so you're the ways and means chair of the democratic women's club of west orange county how did you get involved with that and tell us about this organization
1: well um the women the democratic women's club of west orange county is a group of ladies that actually formed in 2016 and it was initially just women who were upset about the results of the election and we just wanted someone who of like minds to get together and, um, you know, we needed something to release our en- pent up re- energy with. And uh, what we do is we help get other Democrats elected. We uh, do the phone banking and go to door, door to door, leaving the pamphlets, that sort of thing. But I, like I said, I joined it in 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. And I was asked, because I have, you know, the creative juices and stuff. I would be asked to do the designs and decorating for the Christmas parties and that sort of thing, social gatherings. So they asked me if I would do the ways and means and come up with an idea to help raise funds. And I came up with this idea for this year for the uh, Democracy Unleashed competition, which is we're scheduling it to um, be in October of this year. And thank you for being our host, <laughs> MC, <laughs> agreeing to be our MC. But um, the group is trying to raise funds when at this time in our country, we're so divided. I came up with the idea that we have uh, a local talent to compete for prize money and um, talk about what they feel about democracy. So it's a nonpartisan, partisan non-political event that we want to bring people together to talk about how they feel about democracy. Uh, what does it mean to you? What does this country mean to you? What would it mean if you lost it? Um, so that's what, when I was asked to do the job and asked to uh, come up with an idea, I wanted to come out with something that's outside the box and something that could actually bring people together rather than tear, tear people apart to have oppositions, but bring us together on something that means a lot to all of us. And that's our country and democracy and what it would mean to lose it, and what it would mean to build upon it.
0: Definitely great information. And what type of event, like what type of um, talent? Is this acting? Is it singing? Like what type of talent are we talking about here?
1: Well, we're looking for uh, rappers, singer, original songwriters, singers, and spoken word. Um, it's not so much, I mean, you can do acting, because when you're singing, you're basically performing for an audience. So we wanted people who were creative to come up with your own ideas. And like I say, the singing, rapping, and spoken word.
0: In the events in October, what's the date again?
1: The the uh, event is October 21st. It's gonna be at the Rollins College Bush Auditorium. Uh, if you were interested in, it, interested in it, you can just Google Democracy Unleashed Competition. It takes you right to the website. It's free to enter. And as I said, there are cash prizes. And uh, the grand prize will be a professional instructions for a semester at True for Acting Studios.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That is, that is awesome. And I can't wait to MC that event. And I thank you for the privilege.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for agreeing to do it.
0: Definitely, definitely. And before I let you go, because I know my listeners are like, I kind of want another tip because she's such a great speaker. So I want to talk about property for a minute. You know, okay. the rates are really high. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I tried to take a HELOC out, a home equity line of credit on my house. Ooh. So I, it kind of was cool. But then they said, now, keep in mind now, you may have to do a refinance, but you're going to have to, might have to pay 7% on what you take out. I'm like, but I didn't pay no 7% when I bought the house. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is for people that are first-time home buyers, especially in a market nowadays with the rates, I think the rate's like 8.5 now. I'm seeing mm-hmm. homes, I'm seeing 21, 2200 square foot homes selling for 610,000 with the 8.5%. I'm like, wow, but that's reality now. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about brothers and sisters that are buying their first property, you know, what type you know, should they do FHA? Should they do conventional? I'm hearing a lot of brothers and sisters are doing the balloon where you know you get the lower, you get you get the low now, but then it kind of it's a variable all the way through it. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I the one thing I would tell someone do not, do not do a balloon because that You're basically just giving your money away. You're giving your equity away because I, unfortunately, the very first home I purchased, I think I was like 28, 28, 29, didn't know anything. As I said, the internet wasn't a thing. YouTube wasn't a thing. Uh, I would tell people, look, research, do your research. Because when I got my first home, believe it or not, the interest rate was 12.45%. Yes, 1985. And um, not knowing much about real estate, not having the resources to look it up. When the realtor said, oh, don't worry, we'll get you in at 7%. So I'm thinking, okay, that sounds good. What I didn't realize is he said, well, we'll just do the balloon. And um, not me not knowing, okay, you can get you in at 7%. Oh, we'll just put that at the back of the loan. I'm thinking, okay, okay. Um, And then you'll graduate within five years, you'll be back where you started at the 12%. But what I didn't realize is that money that's going to the back of the loan, that's being accrued where the interest is accrued daily. So I ended up, after living in the home for 11 years, with zero equity in the home. All of that equity was at the back of the loan because the interest rate that I hadn't been paying for all those years was being put at the end. So, when 11 years later, I actually wind up owing more for the home than I originally purchased it for and not having a bit of equity. So, I actually, and long story short, I wind up having to pay $3,000 just to sell the home. So, I got nothing out of all of that time of owning a home. Yes, I got the tax benefits, but it was basically like I was paying rent. <laughs> so, I would tell anyone who was considering getting on do not stay away from the bloom. Uh, loans, because they, you're just giving away money. You're losing money being in that type of a, uh, a loan. Because when I first purchased my home, I purchased it around 5%. And when their interest dropped to around 3 I refinanced it at a low interest rate. And then I decreased the amount of time that I'm going to pay for the home. When I refinanced it, I didn't. You know, a lot of people refinance and get money out. I refinanced for the purpose of quickly paying off my, my uh, loan. And now that it's uh 3.25% locked in, uh, I am going to expedite paying this home off. And I within four years, I should have my home paid completely, you know, free and clear. And of course, I'm gonna my son will wind up owning the home.
0: How important is it for because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, or if they're not an entrepreneur, they're someone with money trying to do some investing, but how important is online businesses these days?
1: You Well, know, um, the brick and mortar, you know, that's obsolete, basically. You can go to any mall and see that you do not have, you remember the days when people would go to the mall just to hang out and, you know, if you're there, you might see something you purchased. It's just uh, with uh, Amazon taking shape and, Things can be delivered to the home. A brick and mortar business is just obsolete. Uh, one of the advantages of having an online business is you can um, have a tax deduction. It creates a tax deduction in your home. It creates a tax deduction for your internet. You know, you can write off a portion of that. You can write off any kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, office supplies, anything that you have to do to to get that business up and running. The one of the things that's most challenging about having an online business, it's great because of the the, um, tax write-off and the money that it can bring in. But the biggest challenge to have an online business is getting the word out, you know, advertising. And sometimes you have to do that by attending festivals or, you know, just going out and going to different events and letting people know that you exist. So the convenience of having an online business is great because, like I said, you get the money, uh, your business is open 24-7, but the disadvantage to that is that you have to get the word out because no one's just going to know you exist by Googling. You know, you have to let people know that you have the business and where to find your business. And the easier it is to find that online business, the more successful you'll be.
0: And a lot of people, when they think of online business, as far as advertising, they look at, you know, their Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the Twitters, or is that what you're doing as well?
1: Well, I do that, yes, but I found that the best way to advertise is to get out and let people know word of mouth. Let people know that you exist, because people will see TikTok and they'll see the videos and they'll scroll by. And of course, if they're not interested, they just you just pass right by it. But when you're um when you're face to face, you can give someone an advertisement, and they go, "Oh, I have a friend that you can use this," and I have actually found that that word of mouth person to person, um, ad- advertising actually works the best. So you have to, if you're afraid of people, it's not gonna be, you have to learn how to be a personal person. And just because people will go and will, will purchase from you if they like you, you know, they may not like, need your product, but because they like you, then they'll tell their friend, Hey, I met this lady and she's selling this. And I remember you had, cause I, I'm selling the dog harness. That's one of the things that I have patented as a dog harness for dogs that may be incontinent. And um I have um uh, had people take my business card to give it to other people. And you don't have that happen with online a lot. Sometimes it does, but not a lot. But it more than likely if I meet a person in, in person and inform them about my business, they pass that information on.
0: Definitely. And my final question, sister, did you enjoy your time on Black Men Sundays?
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I'm very honored that you actually asked me to participate. So.
0: Oh, definitely. And, you know, we celebrate this August. You know, August is Black Business Month. But whenever we have a sister or a woman on our show, they always say, you know, it's called Black Men Sundays. So I didn't think you would want us on the show. So because I hear that so often, the guest I had last week said the same thing. So I say, you know what, I'm going to make I'm going to turn Black Business Month for Black Men's Sundays into Sisters Month. We're going to have all four sisters because we do it every Sunday, Black Men's Sundays. And I appreciate you coming on the show, Audrey Harris White. Thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. Like I said, this sister, thirty-year retired OPD officer, she draws and paints, and is a retired bodybuilder. Was ranked fifth in the world, and she's still looking good. What you see those guns? So, thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. I appreciate you. Thanks for allowing me to MC the event. We definitely going to have a good time and enjoy your work week, sister.
1: Thank you so much. And have everyone Google Democracy Unleashed 2023. It's a black man son.